It is Friday, February 24th. I'm Scott Sadden. And I'm AJ Hoffman. The NBA returns from the All-Star break. And Aaron Rodgers returns from the darkness. Here comes the Vegas truth. This is straight out of Vegas. Oh, darkness is your ally. You merely adopted the dark. I was born in it. Molded by it. I didn't see the light until I was already a man. Then it was nothing to me but blinding. We are straight out of Vegas AM, your daily destination for sports conversation with a Vegas lean. Here's what you need to know to start your day. Kevin Durant inching closer to return. Aaron Rodgers emerges from his darkness retreat in Oregon. And the Rams start to thin the herd. What is the Vegas lead, Scott? It's going to be the NBA. We'll get to the Aaron Rodgers story. We've got a lot to Trust get to me. today. We're yeah. going to get to Aaron Rodgers. We'll talk some football. We also have to preview UFC Fight Night. We have an interview with, the, yes, uh, with the main eventer. Ryan Spen, who will be fighting in the main event uh, tomorrow night. So we'll hear from Ryan coming up a little bit later on here in the pod. But we're going to lead with the NBA. The, the league returned from the All-Star break. It, it seemed like Welcome it was back, forever ago I I just we joked about it a little bit yesterday that why do these players need so many days off <laughs> after you know they, they take off nights anyway during the season the all-star game was Sunday we really needed Monday Tuesday Wednesday off they couldn't have played last night or two nights ago they couldn't why, have played why are you uh why are you watching their time off like why let, let them live let load them, they, management they collectively bargained this i'm sure they they deserve this time scott well, how dare it was, you it's the vacation time i get it you take vacation during the all-star break and apparently some teams took vacations in the second half of their games last night celtics had a nice lead over the pacers they wind up winning in overtime just barely, uh, 142-138 over the Pacers. You saw a big lead evaporate for the Grizzlies. Joel Have a day. Joel Embiid and James Harden have yeah. a day. Uh, Sixers came all the way back. A, a huge fourth quarter. Yeah, so it, it, I think it's uh, – I think we're going to see this. I, I, I guess we – I don't know if we're going to see it. I shouldn't be surprised. Mm-hmm. That we see some teams fading in the second half, yeah, and and, and uh, the, even the Kings don't have their legs to them. Even the Kings were down big in the first quarter, and then they come back. They they surge all the way. The Kings are so good. Uh, it's, are they? I don't know. I I love I love that they're winning. I don't know if they're good. <laughs> well, they're on the right path. Uh, Mackenzie Rivers, our NBA expert here on the program. Mac, out of all the results that you saw last night, what was the most surprising to you? You know, it's nothing nothing shocking. You're like you're talking about this these second half performances. Like, you know, in uh Blood Diamond, this is Africa. This, <laughs> this is the NBA. Eleven one run, like the Celtics big lead, that was like the only time they were up by ten. Immediately two minutes into the third quarter was a tie game. No surprises. Like that happens all the time. So I mean the most I say impactful, uh maybe for my uh interest is the seventy sixers winning a close game against the Grizzlies. That probably uh, you know, bumps them up over the 52-win expectation to get over their win total. Uh, but that's the biggest result. That's that's a playoff game. Uh, the Grizzlies without Steven Jackson have been much worse, like nine points worse per 100 possessions. Uh, Steven Adams, I'm sorry. So uh, get, getting him back should prob- would probably be the difference, but the Sixers needed this. The Sixers needed a win against a good team coming out of the All-Star break. Uh, Harden looked as good as ever, and uh, you know they're going to need him to be a top fifteen player to, to win a championship. And he certainly was last night. Embiid not super efficient, seven of twenty five from the field, 
partly because he took five threes, went 0 of 5 from three, but 19 rebounds, six assists, six blocks, 27 points. For a guy who is quote-unquote not healthy, pretty strong showing for him as well. Well, he put he put up like 35 in the All-Star game. That, that pissed me off. Is he yeah. not, not healthy? I don't know. Not I, healthy, I, he, my I, ass. He's, he's always uh, you know aching, it seems like. That's, that's, that's his M.O. And yeah. we should not be surprised by the Lakers beating the Warriors considering the Warriors' struggles on the road. Yeah. They, they just never have turned around. And I don't know if they are going to turn around. 7-22 and 22 on the road, uh, losing to the Lakers 124-111 last night. Well, they're certainly not going to – it's not going to turn around without Steph Curry back. Like, it, it, you, could, you, you can picture a world where Steph Curry returns and the Warriors are a different team and suddenly they're more competitive. And I, I guess maybe we see that next week. But until then, like, I just assume the Warriors are going to stink. Jordan Poole, minus 16. You just you can't play him in most minutes against most offensive teams. But, uh, you know, they can always hang their hat on this. They haven't lost a series with uh, Green, Thompson, and Curry all healthy, all playing every game. And they actually have the best starting five net rating-wise in the NBA with Green, Thompson, Curry, Looney, and Wiggins. Uh, no Wiggins right now, no Curry right now. So as long as they don't play any more minutes, they can keep that record as the number one starting five. But does, does, in the playoffs, they should be better. Is there a Wiggins return? Is there a Wiggins return date? And how close is it to Steph Curry's return date? Because it'd be ideal if you could get both those guys back at the same time, make a real push, right? Yeah, their best two players in the finals. Let's see. It looks like Wiggins uh, does not have a timeline for his return to the team, and it's it's uh, personal reasons. Oof. Warriors have the Oof. fourth. They have the fourth like worst. Ben, he's Dog Ben Simmons guy. now. He's, he's a ben mental Simmons health brain. Don't, don't say that. Uh, Warriors have <laughs> what a championship. the fourth worst road record in the NBA, the sixth best home record in the NBA. It is fascinating. And they're sitting right at 29 and 29. Like They are right in the middle of the road. Uh, I guess it shouldn't be a surprise. But they're only a game out of not being in that play-in tournament. Like they run the risk of you lose a couple more games here, and all of a sudden, I mean, this is a big win for the Lakers, who are trying to obviously get into that 10th seed range. Uh, but for the Warriors, they lose a couple more games. They're dropping out of the playoff picture. I think that this this thing that's happening now where the the Warriors, the Lakers are all kind of in the mix for that the play-in spots, this is what the NBA envisioned when they created this because now you're instead of oh the Lakers missed the playoffs now the Lakers could sneak their way in and is there like a more dangerous 8 seed than the Warriors or the the Lakers playing against the Nuggets suddenly that 1-8 matchup becomes very interesting and historically the NBA is terrified of the one seed losing to the the NBA doesn't want that cuz that ratings would suffer no, but if they, the Lakers or the Warriors yeah. beat the Nuggets they're thrilled Stern, Stern and uh, Silver don't care about one seeds. They care about the Lakers. The they Lakers care about versus the, the Lakers the marquee in the teams. Yeah, that's the ideal scenario. Yeah. So the Nuggets, the Grizzlies, the Kings, who happen to be the top three seeds right now, I'm sure that Adam Silver would love for the Warriors, the Lakers, somebody like that to jump up and bite one of those teams, make the playoffs a little more interesting. I, to me, it's interesting. It makes the play-in uh, idea very interesting this season. Yeah, it, it will be fun, and I look at the Warriors maybe like last year's Brooklyn Nets where they were a team that was in that play-in range, but yet 
probably the second favorite to win the whole thing. And it's swept in the first round. Yeah, Although competitively, it's still Everyone's going to buy in on them, though. Everyone's going to buy in on the Warriors when they're in that play-in tournament, for sure, because of who they are. And uh, I guess if you have to be the best spot to be is the seventh seed because then you can lose the first game and then you get a second game, right? Yeah. Or or the 7-8. As the long second as the wor- best spot to be in the playoff in the play-in is the eighth seed. As long Third as, best, yeah. Yeah. ninth no, seed. Well, you know what I'm saying. It's like <laughs> as long as you're seven, as long as you're in the 7-8 game, you can lose that first game and still get yeah. into the playoffs. You're like a 75% chance. Yes. If everything's equal, you're 75% yeah. chance to make the playoffs. But if point. you're if you, you're the 9-10, you got to win twice. Right. So for the Warriors, though, if they can, even if they're the nine and they're home for that one game, you give them a chance. If they can be the seven seed and home for the seven for the for the first game, and then if they lose home for the next game, you know they're making the playoffs. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> they're in as long as they're home. So as long as they're at Chase Center. Yeah, and right now they're a half game out of that seventh seed in the Western Conference. I wanted to ask you about the Dallas Mavericks who get a 142-116 win over the Spurs. Spurs lose. Yeah, Shocking development. Over the Spurs, you know, it's like... You don't get full credit no, for a win. Full credit. 15 nice. straight losses. But, nice scrimmage, boys. But my, my real question is about the Mavericks going forward. And when I look at the box score and I see Kyrie plus 34, <sighs> plus minus. Wow. Uh, I see six assists, one turnover. I mean, and then Luca, obviously, twenty-eight points, ten assists, one turnover. It feels like Dallas is suddenly much more dangerous than even I thought they were when they made the trade. Like, and it it, it seems to me that whatever doubts you had about Kyrie Irving being a, a bad chemistry guy seem to be he seems to be in a better place right now mentally, and at least temporarily, all those all those doubts should be erased, in my opinion. A lot of people don't watch the league. A lot of people think about Kyrie Irving and have an opinion, and then they translate that opinion to the kind of basketball player he is. Oh, he likes to dribble a lot? That means he's a selfish player. Bill Simmons really hit hit it home. No player could join a brand-new team and look like he played 10 years with every single player on the court. Just everything he does is very unselfish on the court. He happens to be – his best skill is shooting and scoring, but – 8 of 13, I was sweating his under 25 and a half, and he didn't miss, but he eventually got pulled out of the game up 20 late. Late. Uh, he's a great, great player. He's well, a great, great offensive player and uh, showed up tonight. And if he doesn't distribute the ball so much, that 25 and a half probably, uh, probably goes over. But he said, you know what? Get my teammates involved. Get these six assists. One turn, six to one turnover ratio. That's that's typical. That's uh, a hell of a night for for Kyrie. I, I'm I'm buying on the Mavericks going forward, and I I think the Mavericks. Listen, we we always talk about you need like these great players to win a championship, and Dallas has had this great player for a few years, and it's like when are they going to break through? This another one. This feels like the most realistic threat because it's the first time they've really had. A two-headed monster like Porzingis was a good player, not a, a star superstar. Kyrie Irving at his best is a superstar player. I think Dallas's ceiling is is really really high. Can still get him sixteen to one to win the title. Uh, i I mentioned the fifteen straight losses for the Spurs. If you bet against the Spurs, like in all fifteen games, rolling it over, do we have that figure, Mac? Like, how much would you be up if you just rolled over your money betting against the Spurs every night? Give me 45 seconds. Sorry okay. Now, I, I, I want to know based on the money line, because I know they've only covered the spread. You'd probably be up a lot more money if you bet the spread. Well, they only covered, I think they covered twice in the 15 game span, maybe three times. 
So I guess your rollover would have been uh, stopped yeah. with a loss there. But ATS. if you just say if you just three say and twelve ATS, lose, three and twelve ATS over the fifteen games. So if you just say they're going to lose, you're not going to get the same payout. Well, but... yeah, because a lot of the times, like okay, last night they were fourteen point dogs to the Mavericks. So and and I know some books that don't even allow you to bet a money line on something like that. But if you looked at the money line last night for for that game, the Mavericks closed at. Minus eleven twenty four. So think about that. If you wanted to just bet against the Spurs on the money line, some nights you're risking a hundred dollars, and you're you're getting back like ten bucks. Yeah. So it's not like it's going to be this incredible uh, outcome. But I'd like to venture uh, that. If you were to keep betting against them, rolling over on the money line every times, single time, 15 times, 15 times, you're right. 15 times is 15 times. You're probably up a couple of grand. You know, the Spurs are terrible. Yes, we know. No, I was going to say they truly are pathetic. They're the best this run like franchise. They're the best run franchise in sports. <laughs> like what this other? Right. They do. They really do. Like, think about this. They were. Not only competitive, like legit NBA title competitive from like 1990 to 2020. (laughs) Like they went on a 30-year run where the one year that they weren't, they got the number one pick and got freaking Tim Duncan out of it. Like now they absolutely stink. Is This is probably the best year in the last 20 years to be absolutely dreadful because there's game, there's one super game franchise changing guy at the top of this draft. There's another one who seems to be pretty damn good right behind him. Like the Spurs, if like whatever they're doing, they do the right thing. When you need to, when you need to be awful, you're awful. You need to be good, you're good. This is the this is an incredible franchise in my opinion. Well, they're, they're they're tanking the right way. Yeah. Well, also Greg Popovich. I mean, we talked about how impressive Mike Tomlin uh, it was and and is right for never having a losing season. So in Greg Popovich's first year, they were 17 and 47. Then in their second year, so 97, 98, all the way until 2019, never had a losing season. $100 better would be up $6,700. That's not bad. Yeah, you know. Keep believing in the loss. Well, considering these massive money lines, it's not bad. Like tonight, you would have bet $5,139, and you would have, you know, about minus 325. And just won a couple hundred bucks. Yeah, and you would have won. No, it was way more than minus three twenty-five. Okay, okay, this is how I did three twenty-five because that was the average line. Oh, okay, nine point. Yeah, no, no, it no. wasn't. This yeah, is just one game. They were fourteen-point dogs. Uh, yeah. the money line was like eleven hundred. Uh, and remember that seventeen and forty-seven year. That was yeah, maybe a year minus nine is more like five hundred. Yeah, that was the year he took over halfway through the season. Yeah, and they didn't have David Robinson. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. then the next year they got Tim Duncan. Suddenly they they don't lose for twenty. Wow, it changes years. a lot. If I make it minus five hundred, fifteen hundred dollars. Yeah, yeah. One hundred dollars better. Fifteen times your money, I'll take. You're still up pretty well, pretty good betting against the Spurs. One hundred dollars a night, right? Yeah. <laughs> but there was a time also with Greg Popovich that if you uh, if you looked at his record from that first year, ninety seven, ninety eight, that first full season, they won fifty games every single year until twenty seventeen, and the one year that they didn't was a the lockout shortened year, and if you would have prorated their thirty-seven and thirteen record, it would have been like sixty-something wins. So I count that as 
him having a, you know, because I just just go off winning percentage. They had a 740 winning percentage that season. It's just stupid. It's, Are they like, the best team of the century in, any, in, in the North American sports? Like, yes. I mean, a 25 year run. Six versus five. It's not that different. It's not that different. And the, remember, the, the Patriots before. I, I guess it's. I guess when you say the the, the century, so I guess by they had the time, one bad year, two thousand. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I, I just picture the the Patriots were bad before uh, Bledsoe Brady, Be, the Belichick era, really. Like they were a laughingstock franchise. It just the Spurs, yeah, Spurs were better earlier and it stayed better longer. Yeah, arguably. it just. I don't know, man. I, I I give a lot of credit to that franchise. Like as someone who grew up a Rockets fan, I I didn't like the Spurs when I was a kid. Mm. But man, like looking back, and we never talk about the Spurs as like a a dynasty. They absolutely I, and it, were. The reason why we don't is because it lasted too long. Like their <laughs> yeah, sustained success point. lasted yeah. too long. It's almost like the Warriors are coming up on that. Like their run is too long. Like the <laughs> the first title that they won was ninety nine. Yep. The last one was twenty fourteen. Mm-hmm. So they won fi- they won five titles in a fifteen year span. Like. Had that had they been good for ten years and won five titles instead of fifteen, and they we, lost, we and talk they, about and, it differently. And they lost in the finals once also. Yeah. So they've been in six. They've been in six NBA finals in that span, and there was that whole run of winning every other year. Yep. <laughs> you think they're hurt by the fact they never repeated? I mean, compared to other dynasties, that's I, maybe so. That defense. might be part. Of I it. think they're hurt by, um, and you don't consider it a di- dynasty because, well, I guess. They went back to back when they lost it first and then won it. So that was yeah. the the most recent 13, one, the, the 13, 14. So they lost it the year before, and then they came back and then they won the NBA Finals the next year. But in that run of winning every other year, they didn't go back to the finals. So they didn't have back to back appearances in the finals. Even you know the Miami Heat went to four straight NBA Finals. You know, Le- well LeBron himself was in the finals every single but year. But also remember how, and, remember and, how and great the Western Conference was at this time. Like, the Western Conference was so much better than the Eastern Conference during most of that run, and the Spurs were on top of the mount. They were either in the in the NBA Finals or the Conference Finals pretty much every year. Yeah. Like, it, it's nice to be a, an Eastern Conference team that went to four straight finals. To me, like, being at the top of the Western Conference every year for fifteen year a 15-year run at, in that era is much more impressive. Yeah, the, the championship was decided, the Western Conference Finals, almost every year in the early 2000s. Yeah. So I guess James Harden can say he lost in the NBA. Yeah, right. Yeah, he made it. He did <laughs> Several it. times. He was the yeah. best player on the finals and, team. And Chris Paul. That lost. And Chris wow. Paul. Congratulations. Yeah. You know, yep. lost lost a bunch of NBA finals. <laughs> um, do we think the Spurs turn this thing around no. next year? No. Not even close, huh? Oh, wait. Next year? Yeah. Well, depends on how the ping pong balls pop out. If it's Victor Wembignana. Uh, so if, if the best prospect in the last 20 years yeah. – Ends up with the best coach in the NBA. Do I think that they'll turn things around? Yes. Yes, I do. <laughs> well, I mean, the Cavs didn't make the playoffs their first year. I mean, you might get, give him a year to stretch his wings a little bit uh, as a good player. I, I wouldn't was necessarily the, expect wins like that. Was it the second even, year? Even, when, with, even with a great prospect. The second year LeBron hit that buzzer beater in the playoffs? Was that his second year? He didn't or? make the playoffs either of his first year. Oh, yeah. That was, his third year. That, that, was, that was like his welcome welcoming moment right there. Against the Magic, yeah, that was like his sixth year. In, that was like his okay. fifth year in the league. But I, I, I guess Wimbiyama will be—he'll be twenty years old though. Instead, of, like he's not coming sure. fresh out of high school. It is a little different. But you're right; it, it does typically take a a minute or two for these guys. But yeah, I think they will turn it around. One other nugget in the NBA. <laughs> I mean, they only have a twelve percent chance to get even. You know, best case scenario. Yeah, that's true. Chance. You interrupted that, my incredible. They've got to have the best chance they can. You guys get. just interrupted my incredible pun. 
because I was, I, I'm ready now. I, I Wait, said, let's go ahead. <laughs> like, like RJ does. Yeah, rewind. Just, just, just rewind this. Okay, and now embrace the pun. Quiet on the set. Embrace the pun. One well, other. I mean, uh... <laughs> embrace the embrace the pun here, boys. Right, now, wait, now I'm now. ready. Now you ready? Yeah, I said quiet on the set. Are you ready? And I heard some noise. You listening in your car? Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. Turn the volume up a little bit. All right. Quiet on the set. Yeah. Hold on. Look. Come to a full stop at a stop sign. <laughs> Look left, then right, then go. Yeah, I'm talking to you. By the way, someone is going to be re- bugging out real hard listening <laughs> to this. Anyway, <laughs> I always wanted to do that. One other nugget in the NBA, Nikola Jokic. You get it? Because he's a like we. He's a nugget. Nice. All, think about all the one other all nugget. the build up for that. Like, <laughs> Jokic over my head had another triple double last night. He is. What do you the, think? He's good at sport. Yeah, he's the odds-on favorite to be the most valuable player for a third consecutive season. At some point. Do we think there's voter fatigue? And is there value betting on somebody else besides Jokic to be the MVP? I, I thought the same thing. I asked McKenzie about this a couple weeks ago. I was like, they can't give him three in a row, right? But it, it seems like that's all, all signs are pointing at it. And he's better this year than he has been in his two MVP seasons. Yeah, but that's what it was last year. Everyone comes saying, is he going to win back-to-back? And it's like, his numbers are better than it was last year. But, I mean, you're not saying someone else should be favored. You're just saying, is no, there value no, no, no. Look, somewhere else on the board? He's because clear- this is a voter. Exactly. Like, he's yeah. clearly deserving of being the favorite, okay? There's no one that's going to deny his impact on a team and what he does. No one does. No one gets triple-doubles as easily as he does. It's 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 just absurd. But at some point, you got to think when people are voting for the MVP, has, has they, have they done the straw poll yet? Yeah. So eight days ago, they did the straw okay. poll right before the All-Star. And now break. explain what this is, because for those who yeah. don't know, McKenzie, explain what goes on with uh, uh, who writes it every year or who writes it. So ESPN, Tim uh-huh. Bontemps. Tim Bontemps, right. Exactly. Does um, pretty much what the Saint, uh, the replicates what the MVP vote is, which is two voters in every market. Mm-hmm. Um and he, does this, every he does this NBA a couple team. of times throughout the season right. to get a feel for what the voters are thinking. And his, historically, the guy that's been leading the straw poll wins the MVP. And Jokic got 77 out of 100 first place votes. Jeez. Not wow. Close. So Giannis got 11, Embiid got 6. Tatum got 5. I mean... See, Tatum would be the one yeah. that I'm thinking of, and he's plus he's 15 to 1 right now. But I, I don't... If, if the straw poll... Last week said 77 out of 100. I, I guess there is no voter fatigue. I'll, They're just going to keep voting for Jokic. I'll be honest. Like, this Did is, Michael Jordan ever win three in a row? No. No. He won five, but not three in a row. This is the best team that he's been on. This is the best statistical season well, he's had. Well, they're healthy now. That's why. It's like it's getting to where it, it's hard to deny the guy. And uh, it's I I'm guilty of this because I think of guys and I'm like, that guy can't be a multiple-time NBA MVP. Yeah, look at like him. He's I, goofy. Yeah, like I. Th- but I thought the same thing about Steve Nash. I was like, they can't give Steve Nash back-to-back MVPs. That's that's absurd. Like Steve Nash. Oh, is I'm a- starting to catch a theme here, McKenzie. <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. I, okay. Okay. Well, it's oh. all right. Oh, they've it's got all right. They've got something in common. <laughs> yeah. Is that what you're trying to say? I hadn't noticed. Uh, is that Chris Rock? He's like, it's all right, because it's all right. But I guess Jokic, like, <laughs> I, I've anyway. got to give credit where it's due. Jokic is indeed that kind of a player. Whether it's pretty to Steve watch. Shouldn't have won two MVPs in 0506. Thank you. I didn't think so either. But uh, listen, <laughs> I, I mean, I didn't want to come across as racist. Yeah. <laughs> 
I, I thought maybe Tatum had a chance this year, but Jokic is just, as long as he keeps getting triple-doubles every single night and the Nuggets continue to be the number one seed in the Western Conference, he's well, going to win a third. they got a big win as an underdog. Like, if they're the number one seed in the West, hard to take it from them. And yeah. correct me if I'm wrong, but, like, in a, in a time where most star players are missing a bunch of games. He plays every night. He's, he's always there. Yeah. Like, that's got to count All right, for something. It's, hey, it's only minus 250. Is, is this, like, a valuable play now? Probably gonna go yeah, for, up at for, minus five hundred in, in a couple of weeks, right? If I, if someone gave me a hundred dollars free roll, I'd bet it on Jokic. Yeah, for sure. At minus two fifty. Yeah. Wow. I think it's more valuable think, than Embiid at six to one, for example. Uh, or see, Giannis that's strong. Like when you say I'm going to take a hundred dollars out of my wallet, it's one thing. But when you say somebody gives me a hundred dollars and says you have to bet it on an <laughs> NBA right. MVP bet, you wouldn't put it on Shea. You take the Gil, G, G, Shea, SGA, baby. Shea, Shea Gildas Gildas Alexander. Alexander at two hundred and fifty to one. You take the minus two fifty. Like that's yeah. a that's to me is telling because if I've got a free roll, I'm always looking for some value. You would put it on SGA two hundred and fifty to one. Probably not that. I'm probably <laughs> looking at but Embiid at six to one sounds kind of juicy to me. But a free roll, you're like, no, I'll just win back my I'll win back forty bucks or whatever. <laughs> right. It's like man, that that says something right there. All right, what do we got on the schedule coming up here? Friday night NBA action. Friday night Knicks on MSG. That used to be a thing. You know, uh, what do you mean it used to be a thing? Like it used to be like a special broadcast and they branded it as Friday Night Knicks and they had like a separate uh, intro music and it was like Friday Night Knicks on MSG and it was like a whole thing. Yeah, what other show has this? That's that's a great question. Friday Night Knicks on MSG. Come on. Friday Night Knicks on MSG. Well, this Friday night, the Knicks plus two at the Washington Wizards. And so not at MSG. Maybe it doesn't count uh, for the song. (laughs) Cavs plus one and a half at the Hawks. The Miami Heat catching two at Milwaukee. The Nets plus one and a half at the Chicago Bulls. Hornets plus seven and a half at the T Wolves. The Rockets plus nine and a half at Golden State. A Warriors home game. Good luck, Houston. They're, they shouldn't be trying to win anyway. You got to keep up with the Spurs. Keep up with the Spurs. Uh, plus eight and a half, the Thunder at Phoenix. And the Kings plus six and a half at the Clippers. In college hoops, we had a system play last night, boys. However, the system play went up against Big Ten home team uh, system. So didn't they converge? No, they converged. No. Oh yeah. yeah, I guess they did. Yeah, you're right. It was a convergence of systems. You would have called this a super system. It was a super system. A lot of systems failed me last night. A lot of, a lot of systems failed me as well. But no, see. This was a super system with the Big Ten home team and the unranked or lower-ranked team against the ranked team as the favorite. And I don't know how to feel about it because the home team, the unranked team, they won the game. But they yeah. just didn't cover the spread. What do you mean you don't know how to feel? Here we care about covering spreads. Not if you bet money line. Well, well, I mean, the entire time we've been talking about the system, we've been it's talking about ATS. I've been betting money line. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> What? I've been betting money. What? (laughs) What the hell? Only a moron plays six points. Well, not even ranked. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't. uh, 
<laughs> I did not back the trend last night, the the, uh, the system last night, because I was worried that Terrence Shannon wasn't going to play Illinois' best player. He ended up warming up, suited up, and played. And in the first half, I was like, ooh, good thing we didn't play that system bet, because in the first half, Illinois scored 19 points. Wow. Boo Booey scored 22 points for Northwestern. So one player oh. on Northwestern wow. outscored Illinois in the first half. What was the score at the half? 37-19. You're not feeling too good about the system there. <laughs> you're not, you're no. not feeling good about six. And by, by the way, like it was like seven and a half yeah, by the time it tipped half, off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, wow. So Oof. a dominant second half for Illinois, 47-25. Enough to get the win, not to get the cover. Terrence Shannon Jr. hits a layup at the end to uh, to kind of seal the, the win. So he obviously needed him back. Uh, 26 points out of him in his return. But uh, too little too late for those who were backing the system. Mm. Uh, elsewhere in the top 25, I talked about these two teams, St. Mary's and Gonzaga. And they're going to play on Saturday for basically if – this is for the WCC championship, the regular season title. Regular season, and also the one seed in the WCC tournament. Yes, which it doesn't matter if they're one and two; they're just going to meet each other in the finals anyway. Right, but here's the. Benefit. But I guess you can avoid the third place team. Here's the benefit, though. Mm. The sec- the fourth place team is Loyola Marymount, okay. the team that beat Gonzaga and St. Mary's this year. So if you're the one seed, you have to play them. If you're the two seed, you don't. So, oh. so you, so they, so you, we. Expect some chicanery? Mm. I yeah. don't know. I don't know. Here's what I do know. If there's a tie, like at the, at the end of the regular season, so if Gonzaga wins on Saturday, these two teams will be tied. What goes into effect then for the tiebreaker in the WCC is net rating. Like how – and in net, what matters sometimes is how badly do you dog stomp bad teams. Mm-hmm. Apparently, St. Mary's and Gonzaga both got that memo uh, as Gonzaga – Wins 97-72. St. Mary's wins 83-52. Mm, both of them St. knew. Mary's. Both of them knew that they could get some style points tonight. Both of them got some style points tonight. So I guess they want to, it's, They want the one seed then. It, it looks that way. So, or I mean, I'm sure St. Mary's would love to just beat Gonzaga outright on their floor. That would be that would be great sure. for them. Uh, Gonzaga, I'm guessing they're now playing for a tie. By so, the way, what a weird name for a school. University of the Pacific. Like it's not. It's not Pacific University. It's not. It's University of the Pacific. Yeah. Do we it's, have? It's one? not on a boat either. It's yeah. not on an island. Either. No. No. It's in Stockton, <laughs> California. This is weird. University but, of the land next to the Pacific. Yeah. Like, Could like be. do, do we, it, By the way, is there any I... other school like that has like something like that? It's weird. I mean, I you know, no, no. The no, Colorado you're... School of Mines. That's a real school. That's a real school. That's okay. Yeah, sure. Uh, but there's not many that are named like that. Although, like, it's funny when I think. What was of, that that movie uh, accepted? And they go to the, the, the South Harmon Institute of Technology, and it spells out shit. Yeah, and it's like <laughs> we were shitheads yesterday, and we'll be shitheads tomorrow. Yeah. Um, <laughs> when you when I think of Pacific, like you think of that university, I think, man, that's got to be awesome. Like on the beat, and then I think, no, that's Pepperdine, Stockton. No, see, see, it's like I happen to be. They trick you. In the past, I've confused those two because. Pepperdine's I, in Malibu. Pepperdine's in Malibu on a cliff, by the way. It's a, it literally, it's on a cliff overlooking the Pacific Ocean. It's the most gorgeous campus in the country. And you, you're thinking to yourself, like, whenever I heard Pacific, I would think in my head, That's the one Pepperdine. On the yeah. 
But no, Pepperdine's in Malibu. Pacific is University of the Pacific. University in Stockton. Of the Pacific. It's like the mm-hmm. Ohio State University. You got to put the respect on University of the Pacific. Or the University of California, Los Angeles, which got the job done against the Utes of Utah. Yeah. To what? The to two Utes. Utes. Did you say Utes? Utes. Yeah, uh, as I mentioned yesterday, Utah, strong home team. Uh, I did not trust them enough. Uh, They've been without one of their better players. I did not trust them enough against UCLA. UCLA did get the job done. 78-71. Which was the final push. Push Push-a-roo. Push of the line of seven. Yeah, it's a push. And here's the thing. Foul on UCLA, three seconds left. Uh 78-70 UCLA, the number seven. (laughs) They miss the first free throw, make the second push. If they if he makes that free throw, it's Utah money. Yeah, yeah. So now at that point, if you're if you have UCLA laying the seven, and they miss the first free throw, UCLA, yeah, you got to think that you're home free because you're like clearly he's going to try and miss this one on purpose. Well, there's three seconds left. You're not making up seven points in in three seconds. Uh, I guess. Is, uh, I mean, that's impossible. So, uh, or eight points in three seconds. Like, what are you going to do? Miss it and then hit the eight pointer? This isn't the XFL. Like, <laughs> it's uh, that would be very difficult to do. But kudos for him, to him for knowing what the spread was and saying, you know what, I can't get us to cover. At least we'll push. At least I can get us to push. Yeah. Good and for you know you. what? Maybe if you got an early number on the Utes, mm-hmm. you're a happy Ute. You're a happy Ute. Uh, this is going to be uh, another exciting weekend as we gear closer and closer to conference tournament time right so there's only one top 25 game tonight xavier number 16 is at seton hall i used to call them the shoe pirates because uh shu pirates why did you call them oh shoe pirates gotcha yeah i I get it now they'd steal your shoes uh i want the last 30 seconds of my life back um on saturday (laughs) we have some good you know good conference basketball by the way hall plus one at home against xavier okay you got uconn st john's should be fun at the Garden. That's a classic, you know. That's not going to be fun. Just St. John stinks. Doesn't matter. It's at the oh. Garden. It's cool. Creighton. Creighton. <laughs> it's such a New York thing to say. Yeah. Like, yeah, really good team playing against St. John's. It's going to be awesome. No, it's going to be well, a bloodbath. Listen, a blood listen if it, if this game was at Carnesecca <laughs> Arena, I don't think it would be a fun. I don't think it would be a fun game. But it's okay, at the Garden, all right, all right. right. It's a little different. Well, Creighton Villanova at the Wells Fargo. That's Center. what I'm saying. If that was at the Palestra, it would be different. Did be I, cooler. Did they play at the Palestra. <laughs> Play. <laughs> they got a new stadium now, but yeah, it'd be cooler if it was at the Palestra. That'd be awesome. Uh, yeah, so what else do we have on Saturday? Big day in college hoops. Yeah, Oklahoma's at Iowa State, TCU at Texas Tech. That's a big game uh, for Texas Tech, who they've won five of their last seven. They were, they've were they been considered out of the tournament conversation. They're now on like that the, the next four out, so they've got a real chance to make some hay here. A win over te- uh, TCU would be huge for them. Arkansas is at Alabama. Arizona hosts Arizona State. Texas at Baylor. That'll be a good one in Waco. Texas won the first game at home. Uh, Baylor looking for some revenge. A&M against Mississippi State. West Virginia at Kansas. Virginia at UNC, who needs a win like blood this weekend. Mm. Purdue hosts Indiana. Remember, Indiana beat Purdue at home. Uh, Purdue historically has absolutely owned Indiana. They may be looking for some revenge here. Uh, and the game of the weekend, we mentioned St. Mary's is at Gonzaga, uh, 7 o'clock Pacific time 
on ESPN, big ESPN. So if you're into uh, – it should, it should be a great game. So if you've got some time Saturday night, that's a good place to be. Emerging from the darkness, Aaron Rodgers, hopefully with a renewed sense of what his future holds. Yes, this is actually a story. Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> what? Yeah. We have gotten word. The public has received word from the owner of the facility in Oregon where Aaron Rodgers went for his darkness retreat that he has emerged from the darkness. Congratulations. No word from Aaron Rodgers what he saw in any of his visions. He had told Pat McAfee he was going for four days and four nights in a darkness isolation retreat to, quote, have a better sense of where I am in my life. What do we think? I think he's got it all figured out now. Does I mean, he play? I, That's the biggest question. He's going to play. He's going to play? Yeah. Listen, his financial advisor is going to tell him to play. His girlfriend's going to tell him to play. The darkness is going to tell him to play. Hey, don't leave that money on the table. Get paid while you can. 39 years old, $59.465 million guaranteed from the Packers if he plays. Any chance the Packers trade him? I don't think the Packers can trade him. I mean, unless like, it would take. We, you remember we talked on the Dream Pod the other day about RJ. They, we asked RJ, well, "Would you give up three first round picks for Justin Herbert? For Justin Herbert, uh-huh. or if you're if you're the Chargers, would you take three first rounders for him?" And he was like, "That's kind of the line. Like, if the if if the Packers got offered two first round picks for a 39 year old quarterback, I think they'd have to do it." You think teams could offer four first round picks and snap Justin Herbert? I don't. I don't think so. I don't think so. Like, I don't think it's possible. No. But I also think that if if you've got a thirty nine year old quarterback who's a giant pain in your ass, and let's face it, he is. He's not getting better on the field. At least then you can sell to your fan base. Hey, we got two first round picks for him. Like if you trade him for less than that, you just traded away the best player in your franchise's history. For what? Like if you're getting a, a third and a second and a third round pick, that like you can't satisfy your fans like that, especially if whoever they bring in to play quarterback or whoever they promote to play quarterback can't play quarterback, which is a real possibility. Then you look you look really bad if you're the Packers. I don't think the Packers want to do that. The important question is: Did anything happen over the last four days that Rodgers would come out of this uh, room Whoa. and be like, what? I want to know really? where it was at. Like, it's imagine in it's in, it's in, it's in, it's oh, he's in Oregon. Oregon. Okay, yeah. I was gonna say, imagine that he was like locked up in a in a you know they have the good blackout curtains in these Vegas no, hotels. Yeah. Like, imagine that no, he this come- is where he was in this little like half underground little Hut? bunker kind of. Place I was gonna say, in Oregon. It looks like some place like a like some like an ogre is gonna come out of there, an elf or something. And he did. Well, <laughs> I was just thinking like if he was here after four days in the darkness, he walked outside and it was snowing in Vegas. That would be a sign. Like oh this is the new this is the new Lambo. If he right. if, if he emerged out of darkness and came to, and showed show up in Vegas, he thinks that he's going to play in Vegas. That's what I'm saying. If know. if you had to, and I know there's odds, obviously we can find them online of what Aaron Rodgers' next team is going to be. I, I don't think he plays for the Packers. I, I think they move on from him. I really do. I've always felt this way. I just think that it makes it makes a lot of sense for them to move on from him, to see what they have in Jordan Love, to know what they're going to do at the quarterback position moving forward. Are they going to draft the quarterback, or are they just going to 
you know, is Jordan Love going to be their guy? And then for Aaron Rodgers, he could have a a good last couple of years in the league with a chance to win or a chance to have an impact on a team, whether it's the Raiders, whether it's the Jets. I think that Aaron Rodgers still has something left in the tank, and I think seeing Tom Brady do what he did going down to Tampa and winning a Super Bowl I think gives him motivation that he can do it going somewhere else. The difference is Tampa was a roster that was built and ready to to compete. compete well, there's not many teams out there that are. Well, that's what I'm saying. Ready to then that, what, that need a quarterback? Then what's Aaron Rodgers doing? Like, what, where is he going? Where he's like, this this gives me a better chance to win a Super Bowl than Green Bay. Like, what's out there? Like, are the Jets a better team than, than Green Bay? I think so. I would, outside I, of quarterback, how about this? So. There are, is the Jets' path? Easier than Green Bay's Well, that's Bay's what I was going to say. Is that what's no, the path? but I mean, the Bucks talk about the Super Bowl ready team. They're over under with like nine and a half that year. Like you have to beat expectations by a lot to win the Super yeah. Bowl in any scenario. I do think the Jets right now, even without a quarterback, are the second best team in that, or or, or are threatening to be the second best team in that division. They're right there with the Dolphins. I think so. I, I mean, I think the Dolphins' quarterback situation is a big question mark. Too. Sure, that's well, um, that's why I say that. But I think if the Jets bring in Derek Carr or Aaron Rodgers, they, if the Jets bring in Derek Carr, they're finishing second in the division. I agree. If the that. Jets bring in Aaron Rodgers, they're they're pushing the Bills. It's funny. I, I you and I completely disagree on this. I think Derek Carr gives the Jets more, way more upside than Aaron Rodgers does. I think I think at this point, Derek, I, I'd rather have Derek Carr than Aaron. Rodgers. I have a, I have an Aaron Rodgers question. I don't I don't know if I've heard this anywhere. Maybe I have, and I'm just subconsciously thinking about it. Do you think Rodgers would not go to the Jets because he's afraid of following Brett Favre? Yeah, I've heard this brought up. Because Favre went to the Jets? I, maybe he's into it. But Favre, maybe he likes the whole— But Favre uh, only went to the Jets know. as a way to get to the Vikings. It's eerie how similar it because that was be the, Because Love Favre there? wanted to go to the Vikings all along, but oh, there really? was no way to get there, so he had to take a year, you know, and just go somewhere for a year— and that was the Jets. The Jets were the only team that w- it made it work. So he went to the Jets for a year just to make just to go to the Vikings the, the following season. So maybe, hey, maybe Aaron Rodgers is doing that. Maybe Rodgers takes one year, plays for somebody before signing as a free agent for the last two, three years of his career with a contending team. When did when does Kirk Cousins deal with the Vikings end? I think it's on his last year. Oh my oh. goodness. I mean, Rodgers goes to the Jets goes for to the one, Jets, year, one year and then and goes, goes to, to Minnesota. <laughs> which, by the way, he looks pulls, like, he pulls a complete farm. Looks like a pretty good team. What just the saying. hell is Brett Favre doing here? So the <laughs> limits are low in this kind of stuff, but you can bet right now Jared Stidham plus 350 to be the Raiders starting one quarterback. Rodgers is the favorite at minus 200. Daniel Jones is plus 475. Lamar Jackson's plus 475. Like, if it's not Rodgers, who do we think it's going to be? Jared Stidham. I, I would think so. Plus three fifty seems it's giving it a one third chance that it's somebody other than Stidham. You know what? It's hard for me to believe. Where's Jimmy Garoppolo on that? Jimmy Garoppolo is six to one. I w- I would bet Jimmy Garoppolo before I bet Jared Stidham. Here's why. Josh McDaniels, but it was only one year they spent together. I, think, I, right? I don't care. Just think about this. Josh, there were people talking about Josh McDaniels should be fired last year already. His first year, they're like firing. He needs to win games. Yeah, he has to like. You can't – Josh McDaniels isn't in the position to sell a bridge year. Like, yeah, we're just going to roll with Jarrett Stidham. Mm-hmm. Like, Jarrett Stidham's not going to win games in a division where Russell Wilson is the worst quarterback you'll play. Like, it, it's just – and Sean Payton with Russell Wilson now, by the way. 
I think I think that they have to have a real answer at quarterback in place when they start the season because I think Josh McDaniels needs to win this season. Elsewhere in the NFL, the Rams maybe purging the roster a bit. Uh, all pro Bobby Wagner not going to be on the Rams oh, well, next year. Let's say all pro, like former all pro. Former all pro. I don't know if Bobby it's Wagner. once a Marine, always a Marine. <laughs> uh, because Bobby, it's been a while since Bobby Wagner was all pro. But yeah, this is to me a sign that um, the Rams are kind of moving out of this all in mode. And listen, last year there were a lot of injuries. I don't. I, I, had they gone all in, I, I don't think it would have ended up working out. Bobby Wagner, second team all pro last year, by the way. This this season that just finished? Yeah. Oh, I stand corrected. Shit. Yeah. I, I, I was thinking about it. It was like 2020 was the last PFF, time. top linebacker in the NFL last year. Wow. Okay, listen. You know what? I'd like to take this moment to apologize to Bobby ninth, Wagner. The ninth, the ninth time in his 11-year career he was named an All-Pro. I knew he was still good. I like My last picture of Bobby Wagner as an All-Pro was 2020. That was his so, last first-team All-Pro. Okay. Yeah, yeah, second he, team he last two Second-team All-Pro, yeah. Okay. Well, listen, second team all pro is nothing to sneeze at. So I I, uh, I stand corrected. So go ahead. Go on. Uh, it so feel- that even makes your point more. It, yeah. yeah. It feels like the the Rams are saying, hey, we're in a position, like from a salary standpoint, from a health standpoint, they're in a position where believing that they're going to win this year doesn't make a lot of sense. Well, they're in cap hell too. Yeah. They so got to the, find a way out of it. The Rams save $5 million with the move and incur $7.5 million of dead money. But the so dead saying, money doesn't count against the cap, does it? Or ha- is that how it works? Because yeah, you know they're saying like they would pay twelve and a half. They're mm-hmm. saving five, but they still got to pay okay. seven. And gotcha, a half gotcha, gotcha. Yes, okay. Uh, but before the move, they were almost fourteen million dollars over the salary cap. Right. So they're not done. Right. They're gonna they're gonna be cutting more players here. Yeah, this is kind of what we talked about. It's with the Titans. This felt like the first move of many. Uh, I would expect some more heads to roll uh, in, in L.A. I don't know who exactly. Would it shock you guys if Matt Stafford is eventually uh, moved on from? Like, did, I, I've got to look at his contract situation, what the out would be. But I think it, it'd be gnarly. Would it be pretty bad right now? But the, I mean, you don't. He just signed like a two hundred million dollar contract. You don't move on from Bobby Wagner if you think like, oh, well, we're just gonna we're gonna be better this season without Bobby Wagner. Like that doesn't make sense, especially given what you just said. Second team All Pro, best linebacker in the league. Yeah, the pro- what's Jalen Ramsey's status? Upset. <laughs> uh, his out year, if they were to to move on from him early, would be twenty twenty four. Well, Stafford's not used to. I mean, not unaccustomed to losing some games. He could just be there for a year or two as they rebuild. He's like, hey, you know? <laughs> I've been paid a lot of money to lose games. <laughs> right, right, right. I can lead our team. The weather's nice out here. I can lead our team in this. <laughs> like, he, he, these guys don't know what it's like going out there and losing it week in and week out. I've been there. I've lived this life. Putting up yards. <laughs> yeah. I'll, listen, y'all, I'll pad some stats, baby. XFL Week 2 kicked off with the uh, St. Louis Battlehawks. Defeating the Seattle Sea Dragons 2018 as uh, the game goes over the total. This was a low total, right? As they mostly are. Yeah. But the game goes over, and the first half went over. 
Should we be rethinking these XFL totals a little bit? Well, my thought was initially, if I were if I were betting. By the way, it went over by a half. Total was thirty-seven. Yeah, and a half. if I were betting these things, the only way I would bet would be the the under. Uh, I certainly have. Again, I've made one XFL bet so far, so it's not like I'm I'm throwing darts very often here, but I'm certainly not in that mindset anymore of it's under or nothing. So clearly. And I think what Fez said about the second half scoring and the mm-hmm. way the team the scoring is going to be up in the second half, it wasn't really the case last night, but it feels like that's that makes a lot of sense. There will be a lot more late scoring. There will be higher scoring fourth quarters than first and second quarters, which is kind of unique, but just because there's there's all these ways to get to get into desperation mode and make things happen. And if those desperation mode attempts fail, more points can right. be scored. So uh, if I do look at unders going forward, it will only be first half unders. Uh, and I'm not as married to unders as I thought I was going to be. So it was a uh, a field goal as time expired to get the win 20 to 18. This came this came after uh, Seattle scored a touchdown and failed the three point conversion. Had they made the three point conversion, or maybe even just gone for a two point conversion, we'd be in overtime right now. Uh, maybe we'll see what happens. We'll see. Uh, you know, we could never know how it went. It's AJ, so funny. AJ McCarron, twenty two of thirty six passing, one hundred and eighty four yards and a touchdown. Ben DiNucci, 19 of 29, 196 yards and two touchdowns. So two quarterbacks, both go under 200 yards, and the over still hits. By a half a point. (laughs) McCarron, that's two uh, fourth-quarter game-winning comebacks? Yeah. They call him Captain Comeback. Yeah. (laughs) A.J. McCarron was the leading rusher, five carries for 41 yards. He's a gamer. A.J. McCarron's the league MVP right now, (laughs) isn't he? I mean, let's, let's just be real. Josh Gordon had one catch for 33 yards for Seattle. It's funny. I like, average. I uh, I thought last week I was like, man, Josh Gordon. If he's right, he could be a real game changer in this league where there's not a lot of high end skill players. Mm-hmm. Um, if I were looking at uh, at props, props in the XFL, well. I would have lost on on him yesterday because I'd be like, oh, I bet he has another big day. Uh, no, does not. Yeah. Uh, so here's what we have coming up uh, for this weekend in the X X half hell. Uh, we, we got the DC Defenders, much better name, much better logo, much better jersey. I like the Washington it, yeah. Commanders. Yeah. Here in Vegas, Cashman Field against the Vipers, Vegas, a three-point favorite. And then on Sunday. What's the total in that game now? 35. Now, remember, we've talked about this. There's going to be weather at that game. Something to consider. Mm, yeah, what's the weather here in town? It's going to be, well. Could be rainy. Uh, the weather in town is like basically uh, spinning a slot machine right now, a roulette wheel. Who knows? Yeah, what it's we really be. don't know. It but says it's, right spo- now, it's like 75% chance like of rain. rain. It's yeah. yeah, it says Saturday, uh, low of 43 degrees, but it's going to be about 60 degrees and the, yeah, 70 percent chance of precipitation what the what's the wind gonna look like is a question because the wind's been crazy here a couple times this week yeah you get some interesting i don't know it's again i I, i'm not married to these unders but in in who's our quarterback as the as the weather has been uh in vegas over the last little while yeah I, i think that the under is the the only way i could possibly Look, Brett Hundley. I remember Brett Hundley oh, yeah, the, yeah, uh, the yeah, Vegas Vipers quarterback. Yeah, How dare did, you? Did, is that did he play in week one? No, Luis Perez did, I believe. Yeah, Luis Perez. Was, resting? Luis Come Perez. On, Brett. Was, he was that dude. 
yeah. in the game. Luis Perez, by the way, has like low key been 249 yards, three touchdowns, two picks. You remember he was the guy that was the the USFL, the Generals. He was like he was the dude there. They went nine and one. He was he dominated the USFL. Maybe Luis Perez is the going to be the full time quarterback here. Every every off like I was surprised that Luis Perez played last week. But maybe I shouldn't have been. Like, maybe he is just better than Brett Hundley. Yeah, probably is. Uh, That's my quarterback. Listen to this guy's journey, okay? Played college football at Texas A&M Commerce. Commerce, yeah. Okay. It goes undrafted in 2018. Oh, out of Texas A&M Commerce? Out I can't of Texas believe it. A&M Commerce, okay? Scouts didn't know what they were missing. Practice squad for the Rams. Then the Birmingham Iron which was part of the Alliance of American Football, the AAF. Then he goes to the Eagles practice squad, the Lions practice squad, then the L.A. Wildcats of the, what league was that? Oh, the XFL, L.A. Wildcats. From there, he goes to the New York Guardians of the XFL, then the TSL Jousters that's that's a made-up team. Which was a part of the Spring League. The Spring League. The Spring League. <laughs> yes, it was called the Spring League. Then he goes. I can't believe that didn't work. Their it market, was a Spring League. I'm not sure if it was the Spring League. Their marketing, their marketing <laughs> was so good. I can't then, believe that failed. Then he goes to the New Jersey Generals yeah. of the USFL. Went nine and one. To Ooh. the Rams practice squad. And now the Vegas Vipers. I mean, this guy, take out the NFL practice squads that he was on. He's the best spring football player of all time. But, (laughs) but like, he, the list, the the names of teams that he was on, it's like, it's like a video game that doesn't have the rights to the NFL. (laughs) Remember that, remember that video game where you were like, it was like monsters and aliens playing football? And you like, you could be like the, the, the ogres or something like that. It was, it was some. You always had some stupid team. That's what all these yeah, sound like. I mean, this is like these are like the teams from any given Sunday. You know, <laughs> the, the Sharks, the Jousters, the New the New York Guardians, New Jersey Generals, Los Angeles Wildcats, Birmingham Iron, Vegas Vipers. I mean, come on. What was the team in in any given Sunday? I know they played. They were the Miami Sharks. Obviously, they played against the Minnesota Americans. I remember that was a game. The Dallas team was the Dallas Knights. That was. Um, the Dallas Knights was the final you game. You know that, and you're right, by the way. What? It's Dallas Knights. The Dallas Knights was the final game. They played the, the – so I know about the Dallas Knights, the Minnesota Americans. Albuquerque Aztecs. The New York – I wanted – the Albuquerque Aztecs was the expansion franchise <laughs> that uh, the coach wound up taking over, and he signed Willie Beeman as his franchise player. What but was Houston's team? Houston, in the movie? Oilers. They, nope. they had a team? Yeah. I don't remember Houston with a team. The Houston Cattlemen. Houston Cattlemen. Wow. <laughs> the New York team that they played in the rain and the mud. Uh, I want to say it was the – I, I want to say Titans. No, the Emperors. Emperors. Okay. Emperors strike back. All right. There you go. That's my list of any given Sunday teams. Chicago Rhinos. Colorado I remember the Blizzard. Chicago Rhinos. Rhinos. Yes, they did play the Chicago Rhinos. They played a lot of teams. Yeah, they this did. is a realized universe yeah. over here. Well, no, the greatest football universe is the uh, the program, the the Eastern State University yeah. Timberwolves, because if, because <laughs> State. yes, the ESU Timberwolves, because the best part about that universe is that you have no freaking idea what conference they played in. No. They filmed the games at the uh, stadium in South Carolina. Was that William Bryce Stadium? Yeah. Okay. Is that right, William Bryce Stadium? I think so. 
I think I I, I don't know. They, they they the Cox Stadium. The the the, the program the, the yeah, yeah William, the, Williams Price is that where South Carolina like plays? University of South Carolina? Yes, yes, yeah. the Gamecocks. Okay, I believe that's where they 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 filmed the game, right? So they're in the stadium. If you look at like like some shots of the crowd, because they obviously used real footage of South Carolina games to get the footage of the crowd and stuff. There's an SEC banner somewhere, yeah. right? So now you're thinking, all right, they're in the SEC. But then you look at their schedule. <laughs> they played Iowa. They played Georgia Tech. They played Michigan. <laughs> it's 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 the most bizarre schedule. You don't even know where this team is located. Obviously, it's on the East Coast if it's Eastern State University. Or they could just be on the eastern part of yeah. any state. Eastern Washington exists. Eastern Washington doesn't exist. But, but we don't know what conference they played in. All we know is that they, 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 they go from the likes of playing Georgia Tech to Michigan. And Tim Wayman, he could go all oh, the yeah. Wayman. How'd their so, season go? I believe. Well, they lost the heartbreaker at the end to Georgia Tech, so I I, I don't think they made a bowl game. Oh, yeah. And they're the best fictional universe, huh? Well, no, no one said they were the best fictional universe. I can name a bunch of colleges that were better than ESU in the fictional college football universe. <laughs> you said it was no, the most was fully the realized. It was the most fully realized universe, yes. but not the best team. Oh, uh, clearly, yeah. There's so many better teams. I mean, listen, what, what was the— Forrest uh, Gump's team was dominant. Alabama? Really well, that had an awesome kick returner. Great. Yeah, that, right? Just straight down the middle. <laughs> they had an incredible kick returner. The uh, the SCLSU Mud Dogs. Oh, they won, they yeah, won yeah. the Bourbon Bowl. <laughs> that was a big upset, by the way. <laughs> the— uh, the, the, the Texas State Mud Dogs Ar- going to the Bourbon Bowl. <laughs> the Texas State Armadillos. Yeah, they had quite the season as well. No, there's a, there's there's much better fictional football teams than the ESU Timberwolves. But uh, Joe Kane was a pretty good quarterback. I will say that. Taking a look at the action on the ice last night, uh, I went one and two with the plays on pregame.com. Not good. No bueno. Rangers lose to the Red Wings. Just a not a good performance. They lose 4-1. They've now lost three straight games, but reinforcements could be on the horizon. There's a lot of rumors swirling about the possibility of Patrick Kane being traded to the New York Rangers. Last night, the Rangers did not play or did not dress two players, Vitaly Kratsov and Jake LeCision. Both were healthy scratches and... The explanation that was given to the media as to why they didn't play or why they weren't dressed, roster management concerns. What does that mean? Roster management. It's not like managing their ability to trade at the roster. It's not like they called up anybody from the AHL to replace them or anything. They just they didn't dress these guys for roster management, which makes me believe that there could be a trade coming down the pike. As soon as today, and maybe Patrick Kane is on his way to become a New York Ranger, which would, the lines that the Rangers would roll out there now with getting Vladimir Tarasenko, uh, you know, reacquiring Tyler Mott, and and now Patrick Kane. Do we know if he was in the building? In Detroit? I don't know. Because Kevin Durant was, there was two games in between Kyrie's trade and uh-huh. Kevin Durant's trade. First game he was there on the bench, second game not to be seen. Uh, A lot of people read into that and said, okay. So, uh, don't, Interesting. Know. don't know about those players, but I mean, you're talking about the Rangers that have would have offensive firepower, the likes of Mika Zibanejad, Tarasenko, Artemi Panarin, Chris Kreider, and, and Patrick Kane to go along with the kid line, Kako, Lafreniere, and, and Hedl. Uh, there's a lot to like with this Rangers squad. They're just not playing uh, well over the last 
three days or four days. They've lost three straight game three straight games after their uh, eight game winning streak. So back down to earth for the Rangers. The Devils seem to pull off these last-minute goals like it's their jobs. They've done it multiple times this season. They did it again last night, scoring with about 40 seconds left to tie the game against the Kings. They win it in overtime 4-3. to three. Uh, The Wild blank the Blue Jackets 2-0. Oilers route the Penguins 7-2. to You want to talk about a team that is just really disappointing this year, and it's the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, Sabres beat the Lightning 6-5 in overtime. The Ducks beat the Capitals 4-2, spoiling the return of Alexander Ovechkin. An emotional game, I'm sure, for him. Uh, It was his first game back since returning from Russia, the unfortunate passing of his father. I I, I said last night, I, I, I thought maybe I was an asshole for wanting to play an over on Ovechkin prop. (laughs) <laughs> just thinking that he might, you know, come out here and, and really, you know, listen, everybody dies someday. Like, just so I, I trying to make the best of a bad situation. So I played Ovechkin over shots on goal and he had five shots on goal, which cashed the over. So uh, I figured he would be aggressive and, and, and he was uh, elsewhere last night. You had the Golden Knights coming from behind to beat the Flames in overtime, 4 3. Canucks a 3 2 win over the Blues. The Bruins 6 5 over the Kraken. Man, Kraken play a lot of overs. And the Predators 6-2 over the Sharks. That's AJ's squad. So here's what we have on the schedule tonight. Senators are at the Hurricanes. Carolina minus 260. Starting to believe in this Carolina team more and more uh, as they move on here through the season. Sabres at the Panthers. Florida minus 190. And yeah, that would be a system play. We have a team on the road as a dog on the second of a back-to-back. On the second day after pulling an upset as a heavy dog, which they did. They beat the Lightning in Tampa. So now they have to, you know, go to Sunrise and play against the Panthers. And they're dogs again. And they are dogs again. Florida minus 190 uh, against the Sabres. So maybe a play against the Sabres. Although it didn't work out. The other night. Uh, Canadians are at the Flyers. Philadelphia minus 155. Wild at the Maple Leafs. This will be another system play. Wild second game of back-to-back on the road. They are an underdog. Toronto minus 205. Kings at the Islanders. Same thing. Kings on the road. Second of a back-to-back. They are a dog. Uh, Islanders minus 125. Avalanche at the Jets. And that's minus 110 both ways. UFC Vegas 70, they number these things like an insane way now. Uh, Tomorrow night here in Las Vegas, the headlining fight, Ryan Spann and Nikita Krylov, a 205-pound matchup between a couple ranked guys. This is a big fight, and we were fortunate enough to get some time with Ryan Spann, the headliner of this card. I'll give you a uh, I'll give you a play on the card. I'll give a best bet on the card uh, after this interview. But we did get a chance to talk to Ryan, and uh, he gave generous enough to give us some of his time during fight week. Uh, so I talked to him yesterday. Here's what he had to say last night. Ryan, how are you, bud? Hey, you ain't got to worry about the number of the events, man. Is is UFC span show? The UFC span show. I'll take it. Super span. Let's let's talk about this, Ryan. Your last fight. This was it. They put you in there with Dominic Reyes. This is a fight that was clearly like. Hold on, let me let me stop you right there, brother. Let me stop you right there because we boys. I mean, let me okay. Quit, you don't mind. They didn't. They didn't. They didn't. They didn't put me with him. 
They put him in there with me. Okay. <laughs> I, it, it, well, by the end of the fight, that's certainly how it appeared. <laughs> uh, it And it felt like at the time they were looking for – they, they were looking for someone to get him back on track. He'd lost three fights in a row. They're like, man, we got to get this guy's name. And I think they, they felt like you were going to be a guy that he could beat. You quickly squashed that. And it was a dominant showing a minute and 20 second clean, clean knockout to me, considering that guy had just fought Yuri Prohaska that should have put you in line for like a top five fight. What was discussion like after that fight for you on who your next opponent was going to be? Well, immediately we was offered, well, not immediately, but not long after we was offered this fight. But then when that uh, the title situation started to happen and whatever, whatever, I was going to be the fourth guy to come in and fight Jan Blahovich while Jan, uh, Glover was supposed was going to fight Magomed and. Uh-huh. They will fight for the then in-room belt, and then I was fighting for number one, and then I will fight them after that, the winner of that. But when Glover didn't take anything, uh, I think they he they eventually offered all of us to Glover. He didn't take it. He ended up getting his fight in Brazil. So it worked out for him, but I, I know I'm in a mix. Well, this fight against Nikita Krylov, if if you win this fight, when, what have they? What have they told? When you win this fight, what have they told you about where it puts you in the pecking order? Because right now you're you're ranked eighth, Krilov's ranked sixth. What would this do for you? Like, does it does it switch spots with you? Does it push you right up right up against the top five? Where does it put you in your opinion? Um, honestly, I don't know. I know where I want to be. Um, but you know, I, I'm just appreciative of the moment, and I see what they I see that they see something in me, and I appreciate that. So. Uh, Preferably, I want the belt. You know, when you think back to your your first time on the Contender Series and how rare it is for someone to lose on that show and then get yeah, a second right. shot. Yeah, okay, all right. And, and, then, and then you come back and obviously win in a very quick and impressive fashion. Like, did you know then that the UFC saw something in you, like to bring you back a second time, that they knew you were supposed to be there? Um, I honestly didn't know that they, I knew, I knew Mick has been trying to get me for a while. Uh, I was supposed to have my first pro fight against Charlie Ontiveros in Legacy. So, um, uh, I know, I know he's seen it. Um, it, it really didn't cross my mind too much about what they see now. I know we had a plan going into that and the plan was to be 13 and five to go into UFC. And that's what we did. That's why I got 13 tattooed on my. Oh my oh. that was that was known all along that was the number yeah talk about the the decision to move to Fortis and what it's done for your game like I I you know I talked to Alex Morano about this I've talked to a lot of guys about this and everybody says yeah it, it completely changed what everything that I was doing can you kind of let me know what that means like what does it mean it changed everything like what what is what's this magical potion that they're they're serving up there in dfw that's making everybody a monster uh well basically it's the fact that either you're gonna sink or swim when you get on those mats and everybody that stays we know how to swim so learn to be a lion with a lion not a lion with sheep when i met you you were a a a slim tall (laughs) lanky dude 
you have turned yourself physically. You've transformed physically. Now, mind you, when I met you, you're very young. I don't know exactly how old you were. I know you were very young. Yeah, I don't even think. Did you have your kids yet? I had one kid. Yeah, so, I, had one, I had one kid at the time. So the, I mean, the we're, first one was May first, right? Uh, I want to say yeah. Yep. Right. You want? You don't know? Uh, well, this no the 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 second kid's birthday is May first. Yeah. Okay, so that's that's I think we may have. I remember that because I remember we had we both had a kid on the same day. Okay. Um, I mean that, that's that's wild to think about. <laughs> like, yeah. I, so we what were you weighing when you started fighting? Were you like one eighty five, one seventy? What were you doing? Um, when I originally basically coming out of high school to try to start fighting, I was probably walking around at like one eighty eight. Okay. We had somebody, Matt Bowden, who was. 185 and he was the homie so i was like all right i'll just go down to the next weight class because in my mind i felt like the smaller you are the more of a advantage and it, it was a bad mindset that was ingrained from ingrained in me uh when i first started and it kind of took me a long time to get out of it but i felt like the smaller you you were i thought that's that's how i had to be successful because that's what i was told i was told i got to get as small as i can get and i can be successful cut as much weight as possible that's right. how people seem so to think i was gonna fight at 170 and that's that's why my last few i fought at 175 170 my last amateur fight was at 170 then i ended up i knew my brother told me after that fight he's like you never fight at 170 again so and uh, now you're, you're you're fighting at 205, and honestly, you're a gigantic 205. Like, is is I mean, obviously, you, your body's changed a lot over the last 10 years, but, it, I mean, are we – is this something that eventually you're going to be a, a heavyweight? Is that the long-term plan, or is it, it just – No, I might, I, might go back, I might go back to middleweight. Uh, I can probably still make what's weight if I want, but you – know, No I, way. You're <laughs> out of your mind. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, we got some – look, you just don't know how – oh, man, look, we've been taking this – the weight is good. The weight is on point. Heck, I'm I'm smaller than people think I am. I'm not as big as y'all say. Uh, I, as someone who's been on the mat with you, I know you're lying. Uh, <laughs> but that, that's all right. I mean, if you want to portray that to the audience, that's fine as well. Let's talk about the guy that they're putting in there with you, uh, to put it the right way, Nikita Krylov. What what do you see in his game uh, that's exploitable? What do you? I don't I don't watch it. It don't it don't matter. I don't I don't care what he's gonna try to do. I don't care what his plan is. I just my goal is for it not to work. You know something that's impressed me about you is it, it, I guess it's that it's that your plan remains the same no matter what. And this is now five fights in a row where we've seen you for less than four minutes. I mean, is it basically like you're going to go in there and you're going to do what you want to do? And if if it works, awesome. The fight's going to end early. If it doesn't work, you you kind of accept that as the the terms of the way you fight, that you that you throw yourself into this offensive mode. Look, uh, I or, can fight for 25 minutes or 25 seconds. I'm good now. You know, before it was I got to get you out you know, before it catches up to me, but now I'm good. And yeah, I'm gonna go do what I want. Um, I always have that intention because I know how good I am, whether people choose to acknowledge it or not. Um, I know who I am and it took me a while to remember who I was and that that's what's going on now. I know who I am and I know what I can do and I, I can do it. So like you said, at 13 and five, you expected to be in the UFC. 
are we getting to the point where you expect yourself to be challenging for a championship in a couple fights? Like, are, is that the next goal? Do you feel like that's an attainable goal for you at this point? You know what? Since since you my homie, right? I'm a, I'm gonna send you a message, and I'm a, I'm a, it's gonna be a picture, right? Let me see. And it, it basically per- perfectly lays out what my goals are. Let me see. Oh, oh boy, you got a whole whiteboard of uh, everything going here. <laughs> Consistency is key. Win the moment. Practice mental. Uh, let's see. Where's the uh, get? The green, look at the green at the top, right under consistency. Oh, here we go. Uh, we'll start with this. Uh, more family time. Finish mm-hmm. Nikita. Mm-hmm. Uh, UFC champion 2023. Mm-hmm. Get a bigger house mm-hmm. and drink. Is that does that say drink more water? Yeah, drink more water. <laughs> That's a good call. Good call always. You so you think last, take the last one? That's important. Uh, first to the scale. There you go. So you believe this year is the year you become a UFC champion? Indubitably. Well, listen, man, I'm excited for this fight. I, I'm excited that you're getting an opportunity to to be a main eventer again. I, I mean, I, I think that you you have really proven yourself at this level. Uh, and it feels like now you're you're actually being treated like a contender instead of food for contenders is what it felt like they were trying to do to you early. Like you said, now it feels like these guys are being put in there with you and not vice versa. I'm excited. It's always been that way. It's always been that way. I just, they just didn't know it yet. Yeah. Well, and, and honestly, it's not that they didn't know it. I didn't necessarily believe it. Like, I, I know I didn't put the work in. Like, I knew I wasn't doing the work that I should. I just felt like my athleticism would be enough. When did and, that change, your mindset? Um, Around a few years ago, like uh, probably the first main event kind of helped i kind of brought my nutritionist in for the first time there um then after that it's been snowballing and just adding 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 so yeah we're we're getting good we're getting good do you think that that that, that fight against anthony smith had you like had you won that fight do you think maybe your mindset wouldn't have changed maybe you would have just kept thinking oh, I, i'm i'm just good enough to do this just the way i am Honestly, if I'm going to be real, yeah, probably, because that's pretty much was the status quo for my career is I just felt like, ah, what I'm doing is working, so why do anything more? And Look, I, I you see on there, it's like more family time. That's because I've been training more, so I've been having to try to find more time in there, you know, because before, I was always with my family because I didn't necessarily train no more than I needed to. It was more trying to lose weight, you know, doing everything I can to lose weight. Yeah, and now you've you've got the you've got the system down. Well, listen, thank you for the time. I know it's busy. It's fight week. Uh, I wish you the best of luck in there. Uh, by the way, you're an underdog. I don't know if that gives you any kind of motivation, but Vegas, where you're out here with us, it see Vegas seems to believe that you're not going to win this fight. Uh, I I take it you're looking forward to proving a lot of people wrong or, or making your friends some money. Uh, no, I mean realistically, I, I I honestly don't care. The way I see it is. It's cool. I can be underdog. I'm I'm used to being it. People tend to automatically think I'll lose when my name pops up. I'm just, that's fine. <laughs> like, that's fine. I don't get any money out of it. So my friends make money. That's, that's for them. That's good. Well, and also, yeah, listen. They, it, they need to hit me up and drop something to the cash app. It seems like the right thing to do. I will say this. If your goal sheet uh, is correct, you to win you to win inside the distance to actually go in there and and, and take care of business, you that look may at be the party to tell you what I'm gonna do. That well, that's all I'm gonna do. I'm just gonna look at your uh, look at your whiteboard, and that it, I'm gonna believe you follow your goals. I think it's written in red. 
Yeah, I think it is. Mm-hmm. Ryan, Ryan Spann headlining uh, UFC Fight Night 220 this weekend. Ryan, appreciate the time. Uh, mm-hmm. I know you're swamped, and, uh, and, and thanks for giving us a few minutes. We'll talk to you uh, maybe before the next fight. All right, bro. I don't know about you, but I'm betting this dude. <laughs> well, you know, I listened to him for like 10 minutes, and I'm like, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm going to bet on him. Listen, one of the things that he said in that interview that really stuck with me is the last fight that he had where, where he basically destroyed. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was, I think it was a 22nd fight, Dominic wow. Reyes. Dominic Reyes, a guy who fought for a title against John Jones. He said, that's the first time I really trained for a fight, like really trained fully <laughs> for a fight. He's like, I, the fact that he's always been good enough to just get up off the couch and fight. Like he, he said before, I fight and then I retire until I fight again because he gains a bunch of weight. Like he just does, he's never taken this seriously. And now he's looking at it like a job. And I didn't go through everything that was on that whiteboard picture that he sent me, but mm-hmm. this dude's got a lot of goals. And it all starts with what's happening tomorrow night. So uh, I don't disagree with you. Uh, plus 145, you can get him. Ryan okay. Span, he is the dog. I'm My thought is this. I'm going to go under one and a half rounds, minus 155. Both these guys are finishers. Both these guys are all offense, no defense. Ryan Spann, his last five fights, not one of them has been out of the first round. 16 of his 21 wins have all come in the first round. Yeah. And often when he loses, it's in the first round. Four of his seven losses. So, in my opinion, this this doesn't go long. Uh, Krilov is a former heavyweight. Uh, I told you, Ryan, or I mean, I talked about it during the interview, Ryan Spann carries a lot of weight, a lot mm-hmm. of muscle weight. He knows he's not built for a long fight. He's not looking for a long fight. Both these guys are going to go in. They're going to try to get the job done quick. So, my best bet will be minus 155 under one and a half rounds here. Will you have a full Card up on pregame.com. Full card is up already at pregame.com. What do you mean, will I? It's it's already up at pregame.com. All right. If you haven't bought that yet, you can take 20% off. Uh, Let's use the promo code ICE20. uh, Ryan Spann trying to ice Nikita Kroos. Well, I was going to say these these guys are going to need some ice after beating the shit out of each other. (laughs) So ICE20 gets you 20% off. Uh, You can get AJ's UFC package, McKenzie's NBA. I got some hockey stuff. You can take 20% off of a season-long package as well. A season-long package is is the the best way to stay on top of every pick or a weekend all-access. You get every pick from any one of your favorite pregame pros. So head to pregame.com. If you're not a member already, you should sign up because you get a free $25 just for signing up and then take advantage of the coupons we give out every single show. 20% off if you use the promo code ICE20 I-C-E 20 at pregame.com. For Mackenzie Rivers and AJ Hoffman, I'm Scott Seidenberg. Have a great weekend. We are straight out of Vegas AM.